Here it comes. Sending you an invite now. <clears throat> Invited. Joining. Cool. All right, let me turn you down here. <clears throat> Make sure we're good on the YouTube. Looks like we are. Awesome. Well, welcome, everybody. Welcome to the uh, Train Like a Ranger uh, live stream with Dan and Jay, where we talk about all things fitness, nutrition, and military prep. Uh, MRF says, what's up, Dan? What's up, MRF? <clears throat> oh, I need to turn my Twitter notifications off. It's like football cutting season right now, so it's just like all over my screen all the time. <clears throat> Daniel doesn't watch football, so he doesn't care about that. But <clears throat> he's un-American. I, I, I would. I mean, I don't. I don't actually watch uh, watch football. He he's a diehard uh, Bills fan, like almost disturbingly. He's Whoa. in a cult. Whoa. That's a cult. Well, <clears throat> your kid's gonna be a Bills fan too. I'll make sure of it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I've the the only fans that I've seen the only hardcore, fans. Yeah, that's a yeah. OnlyFans is uh, that's another subject, dude. <laughs> but the uh, the Bills and the Raiders are the two biggest diehard groups that I've seen. I think. Uh, I Raiders fans even scare me sometimes. Dude, Raiders <laughs> fans are pretty hardcore. Remember uh, Ken? I'll use the first name. Ken used to paint his whole face every time they had a game. Oh man. Yeah, they do that. That's like their thing. They wear like the armor and stuff. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, that was hardcore. Mike F, Josh Nix, what's going on, guys? None, none. Uh, he says, hey, guys, just wanted to say thank you for all you guys do. My question is, I suck at land at. What happens if I can't find my points at RASP? How many tries do I get? How strict are they with it? Um, well, we appreciate you guys for listening. We're glad we can get you out that information. Um, Lanav. Um, I actually didn't think that was going to be a real question. I know we were still trying to get into it, but um, if you can't find your points at RASP, uh, you can get, you can fail. It's technically a critical event. Um, but the way it worked uh, when I was there, when we were there, I guess, because um, I didn't do, I didn't redo Cold Range, um, was there was what there was there was uh, like a certain amount of night iterations and day iterations. I don't know if it was. I think it was three and two, so three day, two night. And you had to have uh, a certain number of points combined uh, to the point where I think you could actually pretty much botch Nightland Nav entirely if you got all your points from Dayland Nav. Um, I don't know. It depends on how bad you are. It's pretty tough. I mean, I think you have to get, on average, I think at least three points each iteration. Three out of five, I thought it was. Yeah, which in the grand scheme is pretty doable. So. Um, I wouldn't be too worried about it. Definitely, definitely go in there confident with your land nav and, and you have to know what you're doing, but it's very attainable. Now the criteria is always changing. So, you know, what me and Jay might've experienced, they might change. I mean, they, they, they run a, their own show. So, um, but when we were there, yeah, it was very much like that. Like technically you could fail an iteration, but if you make up for it on another iteration, I believe it was like an overall point system if I remember correctly. Um, so what, what I will say is uh, not a whole lot of people had issues with land nav. Now it's a hard course. Don't get me wrong, but um, eh. no, not really. I would say that um, because of the fire breaks, 
that course isn't too too hard and if you're well, the 13th, roads the roads help a lot too. yeah they got a lot well, of roads the fire there breaks, that are real, yeah, yeah where it's like yeah you're not supposed to walk on them they make it a lot easier so like you really only have to shoot an azimuth for like i want to say my farthest like a 700 meter azimuth which is nothing like some courses you got to do like 1200 1500 meter azimuths i know when we did land nav in oklahoma there's no shrubbery but there's hills and mountains so you can't see anything you're trying to keep your azimuth like going up hills and climbing up mountains um but it's not too too hard of a course um like i said i've said this before i'm pretty good at land nav so it wasn't really too difficult for me um but i will say if you can get enough points, you technically don't have to do the last iteration. If you get like a certain number of points in the first four, you actually get to sleep. So keep that in mind as a goal. Get a couple extra hours of sleep. <clears throat> don't get caught. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 they they don't they don't send you out. If you if you got enough points, I think you have to you have to get like all your points for three of them, and then at least four on the other one, and you don't actually have to go out on the last iteration see, of Land Nav. You have a better memory of this than i do because i don't remember yeah i don't remember that happening but yeah i believe you i just don't remember it yeah and then also one of the cadre when we were there said um if you can't find your point he'll accept one snake a dead snake per point (laughs) (laughs) it goes back to them running their own show (laughs) it was that's Uh, a joke uh if anybody from range control is listening it was a joke i swear (laughs) yeah yeah um Power, powerlift mckinnon says for your running program am i supposed to take a break after the sprint intervals or just do the intervals back to back so usually there's a designated now it the 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 short answer is it depends on your fitness level so you can take time breaks but i usually designate what you what the plan is in there usually whatever whenever i promote the sprint intervals i'm also doing jog intervals for your a break right so sprint jog intervals is usually what i promote but i also do have in some programs where there is time to breaks and i believe the running plan has both so um short answer is it it can depend on your fitness level if if that sprint jog interval is um if that's a lot uh i would say you know you can try the timed intervals and do it that way but I overall for the gains that I'm trying to get you guys to make kind of like the concept of like 30 sixties to make overall uh, running gains. I want you guys to do the sprint and then jog intervals. And that's probably what's listed in there. Yeah. Usually intervals designates that you're doing less work and at one point and then more work at the actual training portion. Right. Um, so, cause if you're not taking a break, then you're just running. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, uh, go ahead, James. I'll hit this guy. Uh, it's next. my turn, dude. Wow. Yeah, yeah, you got it. Yeah. <sighs> um, Ash Seven says, "Is it hard to get a 105 on the ASVAB?" So the ASVAB test overall um, is scored on a zero to 100 scale, and it's like a percentage-based thing. So, say you got a 99 on the ASVAB, which is the highest you can get, it means that you're like smarter than 99% of people who take the test. Um, it's That's not exactly how it works, but that's how they frame it. Um, the 105 is the GT score. Um, a lot of people who are like just coming out of high school, I feel like the YouTube is being weird. Um, coming out of high school have a better shot at it just because there's a lot of like stuff you learn in high school, the math and stuff like that. Um, but it is kind of an overall like seemingly like your IQ test. So just like 
I don't know. It's I don't really know. Can't give you a, a way to get a GT score over a 105. I just I don't know. I mean, there's test practice tests and stuff like that. Um, I didn't study for it and I got over 105, but there were some of the sections that I didn't do very good in. Like I'm not very mechanically inclined, um, but that didn't not every portion affects the GT score. <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I took mine out of high school, so it, it was like all the uh, a lot of math questions, a lot of uh, there's some like geometry and some other stuff in there. That's uh, and I think there was like what rating based questions. I mean, it was like it was almost like a standardized school test. So if you're coming out of high school, you're probably not gonna have a lot yeah. Of and I'm age. from New York originally, so like we take a lot of standardized tests in New York State. That's like they love those things. Um, however, they can get money from somewhere. They're gonna make sure they do it. So. Um, yeah. I've we, noticed. I took those things all over. Um, but there was, t there was questions on the aspect, for example, though, they show you a bunch of things, just stuff. They're like shapes and like cylinders and stuff. And they, the, the options for the answer are like what it's supposed to look like when it's put together. And I was like, yeah. what? I, I am, I'm not, that is not my skill set. Um, so I had to have gotten all of those wrong. Like they would have not let me be a mechanic. I don't think <laughs> I mean, you have every job in the army except mechanic for sure. No, that's definitely not allowed. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, yeah. I was, uh, speaking of uh, New York and, and money, I did the bottle deposit today. First time in my life I've ever done the the bottle deposits. You know, I like you pay for every bottle. You know, there's like certain bottles where you get money back because essentially you put that money in. So yeah, they yeah. charge so, you extra. For well, yeah. so everyone's aware in New York State. A little bit of backstory here. You know, how you used to when you were. I don't know if you guys were. And probably you guys are young, but I used to be able to return bottles and stuff and get five cents back per bottle because they want people to recycle in New York state. They want you to recycle so bad that they now you pay the five cents up front when you buy bottles and then they give it back to you if you return them. Yeah. Yeah. That was new. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I won't read this one out loud, but on Instagram, uh, go look at draws draws comments. I saw one of them. It was pretty rude. <clears throat> uh, oh man, Mike F, Mike F says Daniel needs to drop the OnlyFans account with the Ranger panties bundle. We do need to source some Ranger panties for sure too. No, actually, I, I had talked to Thigh Huggers before. If you guys are familiar with Thigh Huggers, um, we talked about doing it. It just the 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 bridge is already there. It's just something that needs to get done like we would need to hold inventory for for that specific thing and figure out like what people what kind we need and stuff like that but it's long story short yeah we're looking into it thigh, thigh huggers would is a uh, i'm throwing his name out there but yeah it's a real uh reliable source that i'm looking at maybe he can do them for us i will say though the shorts we have on the site right now are awesome i'm actually wearing them right now uh, yeah they are good they're solid shorts i'm very happy with how those turned out um yeah they're they're really good for running in the gym and all that stuff and because like sometimes in ranger panties i like feel a little a little uncomfortable at the gym and like ranger panties and stuff it was fine when everyone was in it but like now if i'm at planet fitness like planet fitness isn't the place for that you know what i mean if i had yeah. a real gym where like dudes were getting it maybe but i can't walk into planet fitness like that yeah. <laughs> that's a lot of confidence uh you know um i was gonna say that the uh the TLR shorts actually surprised me. The the like when I first got them, I'm like, I don't know how these are gonna turn out, you know. But uh, I mean, they can be used for swimming, for running, for um, all sorts of athletics. I wear mine all the time, and that's that's really just uh, 
like surprised me how good they turned out. So I'm very happy with that. But uh, yeah, the Ranger pennies would definitely be the move though. Yeah, we should. Yeah, it's a good idea. Mike F with the good ideas. Yeah. Yep. I think you're up if you have a question or I do. <laughs> okay. Thomas, uh, Thomas says, so is this what the legendary dwarf from regiment does now? Who's he I talking about, Tony? I saw that one. <clears throat> a 5'9", guys. You can't see it, but just off screen, actually, uh, he keeps track of how tall he is. He's still hoping to grow, <laughs> so there's little marker marks on the on the door frame. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I'd always take another growth spurt for sure, dude. <laughs> I'm still holding that hope, dude. Uh, that was, uh, dude, I died laughing at that, um, that Slapper's IG page. The one uh, where he's at the, I've talked about it before, but he's in the nurse's office. I sent it to you and they're, they're doing like his, um, his park you, you know, his questionnaire. Yeah. And uh, they're kind of like hitting on each other and she goes, that's all of you. And then he starts like beating around the question. He's like, goes to stand on books and like all these things, but he ends up being five, nine. Yeah. And then the doctor comes in and she goes, you know what they say about people under six foot, right? You know what they call him? She goes, a friend. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I swear Tony wrote this skit, man. Uh, A friend. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, Josh Nick says, how do you guys differ from tag P's that attach you guys? I wanted to be a tag P, but they don't have a guarantee for soft. So now I'm looking at 13 Fox and bet. Um, So, yeah. Honestly, Josh, if you are interested in the tag P route, it's the same option. I mean, they can't guarantee soft just like you're not guaranteed a spot in battalion either in regiment. So they still have to go through as a tech P you have to do all your schooling and then they have a separate selection process to select the tech P's that go to SF or uh, regiment or whatever special operations. Um, so realistically you'll either way, you're going to have to pass RASP or tech P's selection to get into special operations. Like no special operations is going to let you in. Um, but your, Initial schooling will be harder as a TAC-P than it is as a 13 Fox, but by the end of the day, if you stayed in for 20, you would have, if you stayed in bat, you'd have essentially have the same uh, responsibilities. Yeah. Yep. And, and like the, um, the criteria at the end of the day is, is the same. The guy's got to be proficient in the same way. I would say, yeah, definitely TAC-P is going to be more academically challenging, whereas being a Ranger is going to be more, uh, uh, physically and emotionally challenging <laughs> with all the abuse in emotionally between. challenging yeah that's i can <laughs> i can touch for that yeah but uh tag peas i always say this i always say this tag peas are solid at their jobs and especially the guys who are attached to us solid at their jobs so uh either either way you guys choose to go um both good routes so regiment uh, regiment dudes were good and, and tag peas were good as well so either way uh yeah, we love those guys. I mean, I've talked about it before. Uh, my the JTAC essentially that I had on deployment with me uh, was an awesome dude from the Air Force. Um, super cool guy. Um, I think you're up though for questions. Uh, if you have one. Yeah, Thomas says it's been a while since someone come in and said something about uh since something about height, right? Actually, I think Mike says- F got you last stream, huh? He did. Yeah. Mike picked up your slack, Thomas. Don't worry, dude. Don't worry. Uh, the seed is planted. You were represented. It keeps growing, dude. Um, Thomas says, I, I just got out of bidding so I can finally come back into the streams. Uh, awesome. 
Out of Benning. Oh. Benning's gross. Um, EM says, what are common reasons people get peered out of ranger school? Man, I don't even know. Well, I mean, if you're just kind of lazy, people will peer you out for that. But there's a billion reasons. Like, as simple as they don't want to get peered out can be a reason you get peered out or someone peers you out or attempts to peer you out. Um, it's weird. The peer system is weird. It's, it's it, weird. So They used to try to run it in RASP, too, and they stopped doing that a little bit more because I think they saw how off-putting the system can be. <clears throat> Yeah, so here's the system. So you guys at the end of the phase, right? So you got the Darby's Mountains, Florida. You go into a classroom at the end of the field problem. So with each phase of Ranger School, we have like a, like a, some pre-training, a couple of days of pre-training for the specific phase. And then you go into the field problem, and then you get back to a classroom where you do peer evaluations. You rate your squad, like however many people in your squad, top guy to bottom guy. And it is kind of a it's, a, it's a weird system because you interact with most people in your squad, right? But if you don't, if you haven't interacted with a certain guy, you may not interact with everybody. So you have like those select guys that you're like, yeah, I'm definitely, I know these guys, these guys are going to be up here. And then there's guys you don't really know. There's times where I didn't, I was like, who the fuck is this? And I just <laughs> kind of wrote them down towards the bottom because I'm like, I don't know who this is. You know, so that's another point is not standing out enough, not um, integrating well enough, not not being uh, a leader can can uh, put you at a lower part of the, the 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 bit. Also, you know, if you do things that are distasteful or you're not carrying enough weight, I mean, there's there's all sorts of things that happen that trying can, too hard to be a leader too. Like people yeah, don't like that. A, <clears throat> if you are looking out for yourself, guys, know what that looks like. If you're, um, you know, there could be all sorts of things. So because um, if you're yeah. slacking like everyone else has to pick up the weight like if you yeah yep um and then also there's the case in ranger school where there's guys who are what's known as recycles so you have a group that you initially start with and then as like some guys may fail patrols and then they have to get inserted with a new squad and so it's an extra challenge for recycles because they have to get in with a new group who may have been together especially like uh, so I was a recycle twice in Florida. So I'm getting inserted with these guys and uh, you have to really stand out. So you have to come in and convince these guys like, Hey, I'm here to help you. Some of these guys have been together the whole time and you have to be good enough to them for them to put you above guys that they've known throughout the entire thing. So that's a challenge as well. It's just something to keep in mind, but um but that can be helpful too on the on the back end on the flip side of that coin. If you do get recycled in Florida, you've already done Florida, yeah, so you do have a little bit more information about what's going to happen. So the guys will look forward to to getting a little bit of insight because that's one of the hardest things about just military and selection is just not knowing what's going to happen in those situations. So Daniel being recycled in Florida, he could go in and let those guys know what was going to happen. Oh, especially by the third time, dude. I actually got <laughs> I got good peers by Fair then. Enough. I uh, yeah, third time I came in and. Uh, and guys kept asking, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? You know, because this is their first time doing it. And I'm like, let me tell you what's going to happen, dude. Because I got Daniel down, was dude. actually gotta... grading the patrols instead of the instructors <laughs> at that point. Uh, there was a guy there that had been there, uh, I remember, for a year and a half. And they kept joking. The RIs actually knew him so well that they would joke that they were going to give him one of their RI shirts. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... um, oh, that was mine. 
I, they're piling up. We took too long answering that question. Good, good, positive problem. Um, Ash Seven says, "Do you guys have the same fitness programs as Black Flag Nation?" I'll let you answer that. Yeah, so I <clears throat> I can't speak for his program. I know him as an individual, <clears throat> as a guy. Like he been on a podcast. Um, I know a lot of guys. They tend to. Uh, they've tried his programs to come over, try mine and vice, vice versa. Um, so I'm sure whatever that guy's putting out is, is good. I can't vouch for it. I haven't seen it personally, but, uh, definitely is a guy that I like. And, uh, and I will say his, uh, shorts, I got a pair of his shorts and a couple of, uh, a pair of items. They're pretty nice. So, uh, he's putting out quality products and he's a quality dude. So definitely go over there for the, especially for the, um, the ranger mentorship, the leadership mentorship. There's some good stuff there. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't actually know. Cause he doesn't look at, into my programs. He doesn't know what I'm putting out. I haven't looked into his, I don't know what he's putting out or selling. Um, we just kind of have a shared interest in training up you guys. And so that's as far as I know about it. Um, yeah. And obviously one thing that I do tell people too, is like when you're working out, like it's pretty easy to kind of, uh, get stagnant with your workout program and plateau and not push yourself past those. So switching it up on your body is really helpful. So, you know, feel free to get one of our programs or do their like black flags program or a different program and then switch it up and then get someone else's program. Um, that's going to keep you, you know, in tip top shape because your body's going to start getting used to stuff. And if you switch it up, it's gonna, you know, you're going to get bigger gains. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what I recommend to people get multiple sources, try multiple things and see what works for you. You can even take, like, say you run, uh, my program then his program and say okay here's things that i like from this program here's things that i like from this program now you've run both you're kind of educating yourself maybe you can splice the two together you can always reach out to me and i can help you uh like if you had questions on certain things like should i do this this day you don't have to give me any information. yeah yeah you That's can i'm saying but you like, can you can take yeah. the month three of the warrior program throw that out don't do that too hard put something else in there <laughs> he doesn't like the 10 by 10 <laughs> most people they're like did you mean to write this and i'm like yes i did uh and to be fair that is something that i did for for a while and it's something i really believe in that that 10 sets of 10 with the compound lifts i never said it didn't work i just said it, oh, it works <laughs> <laughs> nobody wants to do it though uh so yeah <clears throat> um youtube account i don't know how that works uh says what mls would have would an RTO be in regiment? Uh, I think generally 25 Bravos, but 25 series can get moved around a little bit. But I, I believe 25 Bravo is the like RTO MOS. Um, is it Bravo or Charlie? I, I actually don't remember it. Okay, now you're making me question it. I thought it was Bravo. I could be wrong. He'll, he'll look it up. But I have had... Um, did it... Oh, my thing just reset. Um, so... I think it's Bravo, but either way, the 25 series can get moved around a little bit, but I think Bravo was the, was the RTO. Bravo says information technology specialist. Dude, we're looking real expert right now, dude. Right. Uh, try, the radio <laughs> operator maintainers is 25 Charlie. So I, I'll, well, I'll owe you that. I, I'm not sure exactly. I thought it was Bravo, but obviously I'm wrong. Is it Charlie they're saying? I, got I think kicked. it's Charlie. I got kicked from Instagram. Uh, hold on. Jay's messing everything up again. That is what I do. Everything up. I'm like, literally. I I think it's true. Yeah. 
Um, been a while, dude. Been a while. Yeah, we'll owe you that. He'll keep looking. Um, Matt Lewis says, how did y'all study for the ASVAB? Uh, I didn't study for the ASVAB. Um, did you study for the ASVAB? No, that, that's what we were saying earlier. I took it straight out of high school. I took a practice test when I went to the recruiter station, and he was like, hey, you can, yeah, you'll just take it. To, like, I took it like two days later. Yeah, I didn't even do the practice test. I just showed up. Um, but they have books and stuff. And then I know guys that did it in. They do the fast classes once you're in, and you can actually, they get really, really good scores after that. Um, but if you get it a book, Charlie. It's, it's Charlie, Charlie, by the okay. way. Yeah. Um, but I know, I know there was a couple RTOs that I worked with that were actually 25 uniforms, um, but they like didn't have, they, yeah, the 25 series get moved around all over. Um, but yeah, 25 Charlie will be the, the designated RTO. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, for, as for studying for the SF though, I would just get a, um, just get one of those books and just do practice tests and stuff. <clears throat> that's really the only way you can really study. It's one of those things where you kind of have to just do it. Um, it's not like when you're in school and you're taking a test and like, you know, the formulas that are going to be on it or whatever. It's kind of just like such a vast test that you just have to practice. <clears throat> yeah. It's, it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty general in education. And, and they do have uh recruiters should have some <clears throat> prep material for you guys to, it's pretty standard for them to issue that stuff out, <laughs> hand it out again, practice tests. They have practice tests and things. So, um, YouTube account says, do I need to be good at math for 13 Fox? Um, ideally, yes. Um, there is a, a fair bit of math. It's not like, well, switching lat long is a little bit complicated, but for the most part, um, it's mostly general addition, subtraction, division, multiplication. Um, it's, it's nothing like you're not doing like actual trigonometry or anything crazy uh for the most part so being uh proficient at being able to do math like simple math rapidly i would say would be the ideal expertise of math <clears throat> yeah and the big thing with the math there and i talk about this all the time it's it has to do with like geo there there's math in the sense of like being able to find grid coordinates so a lot of times you're going to be looking at referencing a map so you know if you're shooting this azimuth for this distance where is that going to put you situationally where is that target going to be where are you you know okay so daniel also is a little bit clouded here he's also thinking about it pretty much in no terms of mortars and artillery actual indirect fires just because that wasn't something he did as much of when you do indirect fire you will have to do additional subtraction and stuff like that because you're gonna have to like walk targets on figure out actual like a distance from certain things subtract this many meters from this many meters um like you actually have to do like additional That's subtraction good, for the adjustments for yeah, yeah for, for for indirect fire you really do need to be able to do that simple math um so yes indirect fire is a lot less so uh proficiency in or direct like in cast and stuff like that is a little bit less math that's fair yeah, I, um, I will say, yeah, the, in the math is, I, don't, I wouldn't say the math is super extensive for that. I mean, it's like you said, basic uh, addition, subtraction, spatial awareness, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Meters to feed, just, yeah. Simple yes. math, but you have to do it rapidly. Yeah, some conversion. Yeah, that's a good idea because sometimes you're, yeah. Well, so, to be fair, yeah, I don't want to say too much, but sometimes you're doing it with like, you know, uh, other assets too where you're, yeah, did some conversion. Yeah, stacks and yeah, 
there's a lot going on. Or depending on. on what branch you're working with, too. You know, yeah. And then, like, let's, using lat, lat long instead of it, – it's a lot. It, it can be a little bit, but those are skills you learn, and they're specific skills. So it's not like when you're in math class, you're just learning all of this different stuff. Like, you know, this does this, this does this, this is what I need to know. It's pretty gradual, too. Like, mm-hmm. you're, def- you're definitely going to get trained up for it. Mm-hmm. Gradual is a strong word. <laughs> <laughs> some, some pain sprinkled in there, dude, but – yeah. Um, let's see. So uh, Thomas Thomas says. Uh, so was the standard lowered and bat for people that were below five two? Um, I wouldn't know, Thomas. Uh, w- the standard wasn't lowered, but we had to like um, put lights on him and stuff just to make sure we didn't lose him <laughs> in a crowd. You know. <laughs> uh, like, is that it? He keeps shrinking my height every time he comes in here. <laughs> like first it was uh, what five six. Now I was down he's, to five No, he's three, just refining down. it to be more accurate. Okay, all right. Uh, I had to put a I had to put a bell bell. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. Um, Rocha says, "Is it common for privates to come from the regular army to Ranger Battalion? Are they hated on?" Um, no, we talk about this all the time. They're what's called um, imports, and it's very common. Yeah, it's it's not uncommon at all. And if you're a, if you're a private, you're just a private. It doesn't matter where you came from or how you got there. If you're like E four, E three below, um, they don't care. It, really, the import jokes will start getting made when you're like an E five and up that get there with a tab already. Um, that's when you're seen more as like an import. Because as a private, they're still going to kind of like born and bred because you don't really know much as a private either way. Um, so you won't get the import talk if you're a, if you're a lower enlisted. Yep. Uh, Nick says, to avoid being RFS, what percent must be scored on the ACFT? How often do Rangers get officially tested for it? Um, that is a question I actually don't know the answer to in terms of, um, how often they run the ACFT. I'm not even sure how often the army is currently running the ACFT. That's a, yeah, that's a weird, that's a weird mix because that the ACFT was after both of us. So, well, they're not um, even sure about it either. I know. Yeah. They're kind of like, they're implementing it. Sometimes they're not. Uh, I think for, from what my understanding, Ranger Regiment is not super implementing it. I'm sure they run it just to be like, our guys are going to be able to do all the criteria for these things. So I'm sure that is something they do, but I don't think it's something that they heavily weigh on. So you're not going to get RFS for that. You're going to have to do, uh, you're going to get corrective training for doing bad on that. I think at this point in time right now um, with its lack of implementation. And it's honestly, I saw that they were still actually tweaking and they might change some of the exercises and where they go and things like that. Um, so that's not, it's, it's going to be hard to kick anyone out for that at the moment either way from anywhere um but you're gonna it's probably gonna be more of like a competitive thing um in terms of like squads and teams competing with each other in the acft more than it's gonna be like a, a critical event when you're in regiment but that's just my opinion that's obviously not fact <clears throat> yeah yeah it'd be something we'll have to ask around about to people who uh, have more know-how like guys that we know um it's like we have to do six pull-ups but if you only do six pull-ups like that's that ain't it you're gonna get in trouble dude. yeah yeah you better be doing 20 <clears throat> that's what i tell people because i always look at like the minimums like oh that's all i gotta do now nah, there's super 
Like they want you to max everything. And then when it comes to pull-ups, they really want you to hit like 20. Yeah. And then even if you can do more than 20 though, just look like it's really hard and then get down. Cause like, you don't need to waste that energy. Your day's not over. So (laughs) I remember when I was on deployment, um, we did a PT test and I just get done running and it's, yeah, it's Afghanistan. It's hot. Um, we're doing pull-ups and I do, I did 25 and, uh, my team chief was like, wrote it down. He's like, all right. Well, we just got out here, so I need to see some improvement. I was like, I don't know if I can ever do more than 25 after all. That's a lot. <laughs> and then my, my team leader was like, you always got to set the bar a little lower than you can do. You know, I was like, yeah, <laughs> improve. <clears throat> no good deed goes unpunished, right? Yep. Uh, yep. Um, uh, Thaddeus says, started your running program to get back into shape after a nasty injury, and it's kicking my ass. Just starting week two now. Um, awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, it's running's rough. I'm not a huge fan of running. Um, so it's, I never feel great after I run. Like, people are like, oh my God, I just feel so good running. I'm like, no, not at all. Even when I'm like doing good, just jogging, good times, doesn't matter. Nothing about running ever makes it made me feel good ever in my whole life. <clears throat> well, when I lived in the south, I ran all the time. Now that I'm up here in the north, a little less motivated to run, you know, it's cardio is definitely yeah. different. It's a different form of uh, cardio, dude. Um, so, yep, yep, it is uh, different, dude. That's I'm awesome. Looking forward that to is. warming up. Yes, we are good to good to hear that you're coming back from an injury. Yes, yes, good recovery. Um, X three one nine two says, "Did you guys before leaving battalion ever float the idea of becoming a green beret?" Um, for like twelve seconds when I was like just doing rasp and stuff, I thought maybe I would eventually go to uh, special forces, but um, I didn't. That idea didn't last very long. Yeah, I never had. Personally, I never had an interest, and in it just wasn't, you know, wasn't uh wasn't an interest of mine. Yeah, I was a little bit less. Uh, educated on what a ranger was and like where that was, where that kind of fell, what they did, what their mission set was, uh, initially. So before that, I, you know, everything was special for everything was always special forces, all the movies and shows and books and everything is always about Delta or SF. Um, so until I got a little bit more educated, I think, uh, then that idea just went out the window very rapidly. Yeah. I will say in, in recent times, it seems like uh, Rangers became, more recognized because uh which which i mean honestly where i'm at now you know it's like it's, it's good for the community like it's good for the community that that's happening a little bit because um those guys are uh guys really put in the work so uh it was a lot of work when we were there that's for damn sure you know so yeah it's a tough job and uh, it's, it's good to see it getting the recognition and after getting there and being educated on like the soft world uh, I was very happy with where I was, and that's all I was interested in. Mike F says, Dan definitely has to have a Walmart worker help him get the soda on the top shelf. <laughs> <laughs> I'm average height. <laughs> uh, Josh Nick says, the big difference for the TACP is that you have to do a minimum of two to three years as a conventional uh, tag P before you can go soft. That's why tag P isn't the most attractive to me. That's fair. Um, yeah, yeah, and that's training is definitely longer for a tag P initially as well. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I'm I obviously we're out here representing for the Thirteen Foxes all the time. Um, I just we don't want to ever steer you guys away from something that might interest you. So if like that is a deal breaker for you on the Tech P side, then absolutely you can go and get eventually the same qualifications, like as a Tech P, um, in the Army as a Thirteen Fox in Regiment. Yeah, yep, that's a good point. Um, and and even if you know, if for whatever reason you end up elsewhere in the Army, uh, still the the fo route very cool very cool job so um and, and you know they keep talking about different directions they want to go with it too uh and the fo mission i think as it goes forward is going to get back to you know me and you kind of talked about it more back to the op ops the um you know the old school the way, actual like fire support group. teams with like three or four to 13 foxes like in a team going somewhere one or two guys going to like an observation point and, and supporting from a, a different area um if any kind of conventional war happens with like uh, you know armor and radar and all that stuff like that's what's going to circle back to so it, it, it is cool to have that mission set of being able to be embedded with infantrymen as well as know how to um, do op ops and stuff like that which obviously we skipped a little over a little bit in uh, regiment we didn't do those as often um but yeah, the mission set for the 30 fox is really cool you're uh very well rounded and you can do a lot of different things um we can talk about being a 13 Fox all day, but. <clears throat> yep. Micah says, uh, Hey gentlemen, uh, Chris is in the house. He says best fixed blade knife for rasp. It's actually, uh, you actually can't have, um, we can have like, we have knives and stuff. Uh, I don't think you would have fixed blade knives and rasp though. Yeah. Um, no, but we had like uh, Gerber's and had, like fold out knives. There's like ones that you preferred. I guess I really didn't. Um, I usually just went with I'm the Gerber brand. I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, there's like cricket and stuff. I, I have had a bunch of different kinds of knives. Um, they get so just beat up that I just never got attached to any of my knives because yeah, I, I was just... either going to break them or lose them or something. Um. But also, I don't know, some dudes use like kind of bigger knives and stuff um, on their kits and things like that. But man, my kit was already so heavy. I was not interested in trying to bring like a big knife with me also. So that was never like my, I used to just get like a tiny, tiny folding knife that I could use to cut things I needed to cut. Yeah, some dudes carried all sorts of stuff. But uh, we already had all the extras. <laughs> like there was like, there's like yeah. more and more. Yeah. Less less was more for me. I was not throwing um, on. It, you can, the knife could be six ounces. I, I don't want to carry six more ounces, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, uh, Connor Boyd says, is it possible to get an option 40 contract with a med waiver? My recruiter told me I'm disqualified from airborne because of a previous sports injury. Do you know any workaround to get into RASP? Um, it honestly depends on your injury and things like that, but a medical waiver is for like the whole idea is to waive that thing. So a medical waiver is to allow you to do something. Um, so depending on what your injury was, um, it'll be up to the doctors and stuff like that to decide if that disqualifies you from airborne. Your recruiter doesn't have any idea. He's not a doctor. I don't know. We're not doctors. We don't know. You could tell me what your injury was. I have no idea. Um, like I would be like, oh, that's bad. I could get you disqualified, but I don't know. He doesn't know. So I would get with Meps would be able to actually tell you um, 
how that works. I don't let him tell you you're disqualified from anything. He can't disqualify you from anything. He doesn't have that's not in his job purview. He just go to a different recruiter. Yeah, Yeah, if if it comes out of that, go to a different recruiter. Go through the MEPS process. I mean, worst case, worst case after that, you'll know. Like, but, yeah, if he's not letting you take an airborne contract, that's not up to him. So you can still take it and they can disqualify you at MEPS and that's fine. But he doesn't have the right to do that. I agree. Even if he thinks he knows, it's it's not even up to him. Even if he's right, he could be right. I don't know. But he, it's not up to him. Yeah, there's other recruiting stations. You always go get a second opinion. Yeah, we are always, you need to advocate for yourselves at all times. <clears throat> yeah once you sign up then they got you but yeah. until then you're you're running the show so well still trying to advocate for yourself once they have you too but it's just harder <laughs> <laughs> it's way harder yeah used to get myself in trouble but <laughs> yeah you did. um uh josh nick says is there a moment in ranger school where the hunger no longer gets to you or are you miserable the entire time is oh, it is what was the question again i'm sorry is there a moment in ranger school where the hunger no longer gets to you or are you miserable the entire time (laughs) you're hungry the whole time dude. (laughs) okay so anytime you're hungry though you also have the especially in ranger school rasp all those things like you're going to be hungry until something else is worse for you and then you'll circle back to hunger later but you're like rocking with a lot of weight (laughs) Yeah, some guys have um, they have the thing where the sleep is a bigger deal to them than the than the hunger. For me, it was always the hunger. I was young, high metabolism, always the hunger. So um, I was hungry boy. But now there are there are like breaks they give you. Like there's like a field day after each phase where they like there's like times they cook you up. Like after you pass the phase, they'll cook up like a couple hot dogs and feed it to you, and it's like the best thing you ever had in your life. Even though they're probably shitty hot dogs and you know on an average day <laughs> are there good hot dogs <laughs> yeah so um yeah uh so no yeah i mean you're pretty damn hungry especially during especially during the field problems that's where you're really going to be hungry now leading up the train up up to that they're not going to overly sleep deprive you or starve you but yeah during the field problem yeah that's awesome um now you know um during during hell week, I you you remember this? So during rap week, pretty well fed, right? We were we were fed. Thank yeah, you, like that. Initial Anytime week. you're at you're not in the field and you go to the defect, you get fed pretty well. The problem is you have to eat ridiculously fast and stuff like that. So, but you get fed a decent amount of food when you're actually going to the defects and stuff. <clears throat> um. So uh dudes will like see. take their bread and put sugar on it and soak it in the powerade and just like <clears throat> gross <laughs> the texture of that grosses me out uh youtube account says it's 25 uniform 25 charlie is getting phased out that's funny uh, i had a 25 uniform rto in regiment i remember that for some that reason is a thing. <clears throat> but i thought uniform was like a weird one that's why he was an rto because they were like we don't have a job for you right now signal support yeah, signal just support like, systems specialist. That's they were like they just used those dudes wherever. I guess I don't know. <coughs> uh, Josh Nick says either of you get blisters at RASP. Um, you know what? I will say I didn't really have much of an issue with my feet uh, my entire time in the army. I still don't really have issues with, with my feet. My feet have always been pretty, um, pretty good. I mean, I have really bad plantar fasciitis now, but that's not that's a different thing. Um, but I didn't really deal with too many blisters. I would get like hot, some hot spots and some soreness, but I, I mean, every 
Unless my boots got wet, that was the only way I really got blisters, and then they were the worst. Yeah, um, he said during RASP, right? Yeah, or a ranger school, I guess. It doesn't. Uh, during, during ranger school, dude. Trench foot all, all and everything in between, dude. But uh, at, at RASP, uh, yeah, we definitely had some br- some blisters. Uh, chafing, all that good stuff, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's uh, worth it. Yeah. The problem was, is I was mostly good until like it rained or we went through water. Like that's when it gets you the worst. Like when your feet and your skin get soft because of like you're so soaking wet is the worst. That happens because of sweat too, rasp and stuff though. Um, but yeah, uh, you just, you know, keep, keep, try to take as good of care of your feet and stuff as you can when you can. So like make sure you're changing your socks out, even if your boots are wet, switch your socks out. It'll help give you a little bit of a reprieve, help keep your feet clean. Um, you know, make sure you're cleaning your feet, taking good care, good hygiene. Like, even if you're tired, I don't care. Shower, like, take care of yourself, take care of your body. It's more important than an extra 20 minutes of sleep. I promise you. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. Keeping, uh, keeping your feet dry too, like use the powders. Uh, and then if you got vice versa, yeah, usually that's the big thing is the foot powder. Put on the foot powder, change your socks. You know, if you do those kind of things, it really does make a huge difference. Our buddy Frank, uh, he's like pretty good, like pretty stoked going through stuff and everything. But like as soon as his his feet or his socks are wet, he is just worthless. <laughs> he's just he's miserable and worthless. It's so funny. I send yeah. him pictures all the time. I like I find memes of guys like standing outside in mud in their socks, and I just send it to him. It just ruins his whole day. It's so funny. <clears throat> Dude, yeah, the feet are super important. They're like definitely. Uh, that's why I talk about like when you guys got the chance to pick your insoles and your running shoe. And then when you got the chance to pick your boots, you know, it's good that some of you guys are thinking about boots and stuff like that. Cause how, how everything's traveling from the feet up. I mean, it really makes a big difference and your feet are so such a big part in everything that you do, you know, whether it be running, rucking, you know, all that stuff. I mean, it's for, it's the thing that connects with the ground the most. So, um, yep. It's important, but definitely keep your feet dry as much as possible foot powder change your socks like good stuff dry feet is where it's at <clears throat> yep. um benjamin wick says hey dan i read your article on you actually we'll do josh next's question first because i think that other one's gonna be a longer answer uh can you explain some of the science behind the 10 by 10 workouts i've always heard to keep reps low and weight heavy for strength training Oh, I mean, I'll let you take most of this but uh yeah i mean obviously there's different ways to lift for different things so like Arnold Schwarzenegger and bodybuilders do, you know, lower weight or higher weight, lower rep because they're just trying to pack on muscle. Whereas these programs are trying to get you a little bit more functionally fit because um, like Arnold's huge. The Rock is huge, but they're not as functionally fit as, you know, you kind of need to be to be in regiment <clears throat> or in the army yeah. in general, really. Will you read me his question one more time? Can you explain some of the science behind the 10 by 10 workouts? I've always heard to keep reps low and weight heavy for strength training. Yeah. And you're right. So there's a, there's a bunch of different ways that you can phase up training. So some people do it in like, you know, we got the tiers in the program. Some people, there's all sorts of different beliefs. Like some people do like a hypertrophy phase and then they do a strength phase. If you do the warrior program, you'll see that I do these things. Now, when it comes to the, uh, really, that's a concept from uh, the German volume training, the 10 by 10. Uh, the 10 by 10 is really a great way to make overall like 
yes, you're making strength gains. You're also muscular hypertrophy, but there's also that volume concept, really putting your body under stress. There's a reason I don't want to do that forever, but you're really mm-hmm. just shocking the body. You're saying, Hey, we're going to do a bunch here. And so you're not, yeah, it's shocking. Yeah. You're, you're really going to make some good adaptations there. So that's kind of, uh, there are some general rules, but that's more of a, that's more of a train, like a rangerism where we take this in and we're like, Hey, we've kind of built some foundations here in month one, month two, right. If we're talking about the warrior program, we built some foundations now month three, I'm going to stress your body. And that's really, it's a train, like a rangerism. It's, it's backed by the, uh, again, German volume training. It's a, it's an overall just adaptation concept where we're going to put your body under a lot of stress and then your body's going to make some um, overall adaptations. And then we go back into the strength split, which, which you're talking about in month four, we start focusing on strength and we focus on power and then uh, performance specific criteria. Now um, that's really the key. And a lot of people see a lot of success and they're really shocked the first time they're like 10 by 10. They're like, man, that's a lot. Did you, is this, is this really, is this really what you want me to do? And I'm like, yeah, that's what I want you to do. And so, uh, granted, that's not something you want to do necessarily forever. You know, for most people, that's not a training concept they want to do forever, but try it out, cycle it out, try that phase, really put your body under that stress, let it adapt. And then, uh, I think you'll see some good gains from that. I just feel like, I just feel like when I'm at the gym doing 10 by 10s, I feel like everyone's judging me and I'm like, I just want to be like, Hey, Hey, Whoa. I'm doing a lot. I'm doing a lot of sets and reps. Okay. This is not my normal. I can do heavier weight. I swear. I swear. Okay. Um, no, but let's get, it goes back to what I said earlier. Um, if you just go in and you just do, you put on the weights, you do eight reps, you do six reps, and then you do four sets and you move on. Like you just keep doing that over and over again. You're, you're going to plateau and you're not going to be able to continue to gain strength and muscle. You're going to plateau. Your body's going to get used to it and you're going to stop reacting. So one of the biggest things, weight training, running everything, you just need to, you need to keep your body adapting to different scenarios and cycling things through or else you're going to not see any more. Um, I'm like spacing the word progress. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And, and that's really, yeah, there's a lot going on there and, and it's a great way. That type of training is a great way to break plateaus. Um, and also, you know, you got the endurance factor, which is very relevant for military prep. You got the, uh, specifically the type two endurance, uh, type two fiber endurance factor. So you're building those muscle fibers. Yes. Stronger. Um, you're also inducing hypertrophy. So muscle growth, and then you also got the muscular endurance factor in there as well. So it's kind of like a, it's a well-rounded scope. Um, so yeah, big fan of the 10 by tens. Um, yeah, I hope that answers your question, Josh. Um, so do you have a question on your end? Yeah, I have, I have a bunch on mine. So, Chris was Chris was uh, joking. He was like talking about, he's like uh, throwing out the questions, like you know the boots question and things like that. So he he brought up the knife and then he talked about a war belt setup for uh, for Cass. So uh, <clears throat> I don't know. We, we now fun fact in uh in a lot of special operations unit you can you can kind of set up how you want things. Like there's units in the army, and you can speak to this because. You know, you did some time in a bunch of places. They're very specific. There's like a standard of how you set up things on your body armor and things like that. Um, whereas we definitely had a lot of leniency. It, de- it depends. Okay, that depends. So infantrymen, yes, and even in regiment, infantrymen have a, a standard 
like an SOP, a standard operating procedure, specifically because um, if you go down, people need to know where to find stuff. Okay, so the only real rule that we had though was your um, your medical pack. I, I'll use that word yeah, for the it. Medical the packs. medical pack needed to be in the same spot so that everyone knew where to find things. So if they needed a tourniquet, so like everyone had a tourniquet, and everything was set up medical wise the same for everybody, so that no matter what, everyone knew where everything was if someone needed to uh, treat someone. Um, so that was really the only main thing. And then for us, obviously, it's 30 foxes. I mean, I was nothing but wires. So, like, you have to really figure out how to route wires and, like, where to do things. I learned how to make my own um, antennas so that I could route my antenna through my kit um, so that I didn't, it wasn't sticking up way into the air, um, which, you know, had to be adjusted depending on where we were and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, whatever's really most comfortable for you. I know uh, some people have shorter arms. Like, I, I'm pretty long and lanky, so I had a little bit easier time reaching stuff. Like, I know our buddy Zach, he had to put, like, everything right here because he couldn't he, – his arm – he is a short dude. He could not reach, like, too many spots on his kit. Um, so, it, it, yeah, whatever is the most comfortable is just the best way to do it. Yeah, Obviously, yeah, Daniel, my- they had to custom make Daniel's kit small for him. So <laughs> Don't listen to this fucking guy. <laughs> <laughs> you made me – you were – so the wires, uh, I, you know, I tell you, I've been out, we've been out what, a couple of years. I mean, I've been out longer. I've been so out I got for four. Out, yeah. So God, six years now, but you just reminded me all the wires, dude. I remember having to deal with those damn wires. Um, yeah. All the wires for, uh, for our job. Yep. Radios. <laughs> oh man. So much stuff. Uh, everything. Um, uh, all right, so this is a good question. Uh, Benjamin Wick says, Hey, Dan, I read your article on going to ranger school. The challenges you described as being more introverted, uh, the gray man, scatterbrained, et cetera, <laughs> sound exactly like mine. How did you overcome it? Perseverance. Um, oh, this is right. So he had asked this, um, he had asked this in a, in a post, and I told him, Come, I'm glad to see you here, by the way. Um, so uh, hit me with the question one more time, just so I make sure I get it right. Hey, Dan, I read your article on going to ranger school. The challenges you described as being more introverted, the gray man, scatterbrained, etc., sound exactly like mine. How did you overcome it? It, it wasn't easy. And it, it was uh, it was something where I was not prepared going into ranger school. So I think if you uh, – competence brings confidence, for one. So I think knowing – you're already doing the right thing by gathering information. So having an idea of what you're getting into also having an idea of like what criteria is going to be there at Ranger school. So there's a Ranger handbook that you guys can get. Um, it is, it's free. I mean, I got, I got it on Kindle, right? So you can get it on your phone. You can start familiarizing with certain things. You may not know what a lot of things mean. It might look like a Ikea uh, manual, you know, but like there's going to be a lot of things in there you may not understand, but try to start getting a grasp of things. Um, and then as you go through it, you'll start understanding things more and more. So that's one thing, being proficient and knowing what you're doing. Um, and then some of it's just going to be trial by fire. I mean, the way that you get better is just by repetition and being put in an uncomfortable situation. And that's really what it was for me is trial by fire. And it was a, it was a gradual thing. Um, like I, and I tell you guys this in that article, I did not have an easy time through ranger school. I don't sit there and try to bullshit you and just say, yeah, we, I did great, man. When, I went there and everybody just thought I was awesome. And like, no, I had a rough time, dude. I had a rough time. And, uh, and I would say, you know, there was a lot of learning lessons in there. And, uh, and overall, it just, it was a really um, uh, pivotal experience for me where I learned 
a lot about leadership, but there was still lessons that I had to continue to learn after I got out of there and got back to my unit, where it's still tough. Um, you get back to your unit, it's still tough in different ways because you're actually leading people in real situations now, whereas Ranger School is more of a uh, scenarios and it feels real while you're there, but like whenever you get back to the real world, there's challenges there too. So, you know, some of it's going to be trial by fire and then just gaining as much information as you can. So there's no clear cut answer for that other than study as much as you can apply yourself. And then um, just, just be confident that you put in, if you're prepared, be confident that you prepared yourself enough. Like if you're, if you put in the work to prepare, you're going to be more confident, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, you got anything for like, like leadership and like skills that you, you used as like a leader in the army, like, especially cause I mean, like, uh, as many as you can, I guess. Um, <clears throat> no, um, oh, that's a good, that's a bad question to ask me before four <laughs> minutes before we're about to get kicked off Instagram. Live. <laughs> it's a loaded question. Um, so I know being in the, a leader in the army is weird because, um, the army has sort of its own pull in its own kind of dress and parade and all these army isms that you need to kind of keep track of as a leader, but you also need to really learn how to treat soldiers and men and women and train them to do things that are going to be real. Um, so there's a, a large difference between, you know, getting on someone because their uniform's not set up right when they're dress uniform, uh, and trying to get people in line to do call for fires under duress. Um, so it was always a weird line for me to walk, especially coming from regiment. I didn't become an NCO until I was in the regular army and, and the regiment, we care a little bit less about the armyisms and a little bit more about the real lifeisms. And I had a, I had a big adjustment period where I had to really, really learn how to do all of that stuff. I mean, when I went to BLC to get my E5, like I didn't know any of that stuff, like the setting up for PT, the stretches, uh, the parades and stuff like that. I had none of that. Um, but I really learned, uh, my biggest tip to anybody that's going to become a leader in the military or a leader anywhere really, um, is just because someone's a private or an E1 or an E2 or E3, um, you have to train them and teach them, but you have to treat them like a person. They are a person. Um, you're not better than them and you are in their shoes. You just don't ever forget where you come from. I think it's my biggest thing. Um, you see that a lot with higher higher enlisted like E8s and stuff where they just kind of forget where they came from and you're showing up to work as a private at three in the morning uh, and then you're not stepping off until eight o'clock. Um, I don't know. I could, I could talk for an hour and a half about what I think makes a good leader in the army, but <clears throat> maybe, maybe for another time, we actually talked about making that a podcast one time. So maybe that, this one for another time, but, um, uh, we can hit one more on, um, let me see if I got any on my end. Actually. Um, uh, YouTube account says, what would a 12 Bravo do in regiment? <clears throat> uh, 12 Bravo does the same thing they do in the regular army. Uh, and the reason that the 75th only has so many MOSs is because they only have a certain amount of spots for certain mission sets. But a 12 Bravo is just a combat engineer. They essentially just build stuff, and then they also blow stuff up. Two sides of the coin. <clears throat> yeah, I did a podcast with uh, Angel Cortez. Um, this was a little earlier on in the page, but you know, I know he kind of helps some dudes out, and I think he's put out some stuff on uh, – you got a YouTube too, but um, maybe uh, – Maybe we can get them back on sometime and do like 12 Bravo specific, but we did talk about some of the things. Um, I got to reach so, out to, to Derek to get him on here for a 25 uh, series. Yeah, there's all sorts of things mm -hmm. we could do. Um, but yeah, so that's a, that's a good resource for that. Uh, I, 
I don't know too much about the day to day as far as the training for 12 Bravo and, and that. Um, I don't even know what the day to day was like for a 13 Fox, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And also, I don't know how much, you know, we can divulge it. We divulge. Uh, we try to give you guys enough, but not too much, you know, because just you never know who's listening. So, um, especially right so now. It, yeah, especially right now. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, I, so we'll hit this. Uh, how do we train for land nav? And so again, we need to put out a written piece on this. Um, I think that would be a good start under the articles tab. Maybe we could do like, Hey, here's some things you could start getting familiar with. Here's terrain features. Here's things, just bit the basics. Um, and then we, we talked about doing a video. The thing is the videos are, uh, if we did do a land nav video, we need to find the space. We need to find a map that corresponds to the space. And then, you know, um, you know, it, it would be a project. So logistically one- is where we're, yeah, we need to figure out what we need to do is we probably just need to make like an actual, like uh, we might, I did this kid just came to me right now. Maybe we should like get somewhere that has a map of me and you can just like meet up for a weekend of camping, get some of the guys to go out and we'll just do like a vlog one day of us like doing land. nav. we can set up our own little course. Um, we can get everybody out, go camping and then take a couple hours. Just go do that. <clears throat> Show someone a little like, land nav at, at work. Actually, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. So that's a good idea. There's all sorts of different delivery systems we could do, you know, set up a little course for it too. So we're looking at setting up something for you guys, especially um, again, you know, I always joke about it, but now, you know, uh, but you know, now that train, like a ranger's recognizing, it's role in military prep, especially. I think there's a bunch of avenues we could go as far as um, land nav. There are some, you know, basic uh, prep stuff that we could start giving you guys and stuff. So that is, that's something we started looking at um, more lately. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, we're we're always working. Just so you guys know, I mean, uh, it's only two of us, so you know, we're doing things as quickly as we can. But any ideas that you have, anything. You- you guys want to see stuff like that let us know we're always trying to work right now we're actually currently trying to get um all these podcasts and our lives and our talks and stuff up onto all the podcasting platforms like spotify and google and stuff like that um that is in the works so ideally next week those will start being out and available wherever you find your podcasts yeah so these these lives i believe will be up there the old podcasts any podcasts i do with uh, outside guests um those would be on, and I believe we're looking at again Spotify. I think we said I don't want to say too much. Spotify, and, Google, right. Apple, at a minimum. If you guys have a couple of, that you use specifically besides those three, uh, let us know. We can try and reach out and get those ones too. Yeah. So, um, yep, I'm cutting off uh, on my side. You got any on your side you want to hit last minute? Um. <clears throat> No, I'm gonna save these questions. There's a couple of good ones, but I'm gonna screenshot them. I'm gonna save them for next time because they're a little bit. Instagram kicks us off after an hour, so we don't have too much time. That like gets a little wonky. So I'll save these. I'll screenshot them, and that we'll have for next time because they're gonna be a little bit of a longer winded answer. Cool. Yeah, we're a little over, so yeah, I guess we'll have to see what the new time restraints are. But we like to cut it about an hour, anyways. Good length. So I will hit this. Carlos says, what's the day-to-day like for 68 Whiskey, the medic? Um, I did a podcast with Corey Flynn. I've done two of them. Uh, one of them is in multiple parts on YouTube. Like I said, there's gonna, they're going to be uploaded other places. I believe we're combining it back to one part, our first podcast. But anyways, we've done two podcasts uh, together. And uh, go check out the YouTube channel. We, so we talk about it all. 
um, the recent podcast, we kind of go over things again that we, and then add to it. Uh, but the first podcast, especially, I mean, he breaks it down uh, big time as far as the whole pipeline and then kind of like what day-to-day life's going to be like. So uh, again, train like a ranger YouTube channel with uh, podcast with Corey Flynn. So that's a good reference there. So anything else, any final thoughts? Um, no, I appreciate you guys all coming out. Like I said, do be vocal about things you want to see us do, things you want to see from us, things you want to see from Train Like a Ranger. Um, I have a couple, we have a, always have ideas in mind. We're just trying to, you know, always work through them and things like that. Uh, but we appreciate everybody coming out. You guys are awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are great. I hope you guys have a great weekend. Um, final spiel. Remember, train, uh, check out trainlikearanger.com. We have workout programs, nutrition programs, merchant apparel. Uh, informational content, and as always, much more on the agenda. Uh, you guys out there training under our programs and uh, and you guys looking to remember to train to your utmost potential like a ranger. Have a great weekend. See you guys.